Do you wait too long to ask for help? Do you try to solve it all on your own or worse, ignore problems because you don't want to raise the alarm bells, don't want to deal with it? It's going to take time because I do. And let me tell you how it could have killed me last week. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Hello, Pivoter. I hope you are knee deep into a great day. I'm coming to you on the heels of an interesting experience that I need to share with you. I just I just was released from the hospital and I want to tell you how I got in my own way and almost paid dearly for it. So let's start. Let's let's go back. Let's start with like a CSI timeline. I've actually never seen CSI, but I feel like I feel like they started like hour one. I feel like I hope you know the reference I'm making. You know, you get the idea. Like we're doing a crime scene. And we're starting from hour one. All right. So imagine, imagine the anticipation building. You feel me? Feel me? Like starting there. Sunday, dun, dun, dun. Normal day. Reading in the morning. Go to the gym. Do a killer workout. I notice I'm a little less strong at the gym, a little bit slower. I'm having a harder time putting up the weights. I still finish. And then I move on to um, wall balls. So I do like the weight section. And then there's the little like CrossFit room, if you will. Off to the side, grab my wall ball, I start, but I'm really slow. Like I'm doing like the whole sit up and then throw the ball against the wall, one of my favorites, but I'm moving slow. So I say, okay, I'm going to move on to the uh, the ball slams. Move to ball slams. I'm struggling a bit, but I get through my set. I leave the gym. I take the girls to an animal rescue out in the mountains and I'm moving a bit slower. In fact, actually the kids want to ride in a wagon. My, my kids that are too big to ride in a wagon want to ride in a wagon and I try to pull the wagon and I'm really slow. And I was like, gosh, I'm really struggling today. Anyways, we get through, we see cheetahs, we see all sorts of amazing animals in the rescue. It's a win. We come home and at night I go to sleep. I wake up with a pain in my stomach. Huh. All right, well, I move on. And I got stuff to do. It's Monday morning. So I move through my meetings, pain's still there. I start thinking maybe I pulled a muscle during wall balls. And that night, so Monday night, I'm moving a little slower. I tell my family, I think I pulled a muscle. At night while trying to sleep, I can't get comfortable. So I get up and I take a Tylenol. I never do this. And it kind of sticks out. Get up on Tuesday morning. I've got a full day ahead of me and I get right to it. Pain in my stomach is worse, but I don't want it to slow me down. I'm like, all right, it's probably just a pulled muscle. I got stuff to do. Let's kick this off. I lead a Pivot Me Academy call. I rally business owners and executives all over the world. It is what I love to do. I'm fired up. It's powerful. There's cheers, maybe a few tears. It was absolutely amazing. But after that call, I'm like, man, this just won't go away. Got a few more meetings. Go to a doctor's appointment. In the afternoon, I get my ears pierced again. And actually, when the 
And the piercer asked me to lay back on the table. It was at a uh, a body piercing studio and they usually, you know, have you lay on a table. And and I was like, man, I'm really having a hard time laying on this table. And I was like, I'm just going to, can I do it on my side? I got to pull my knees up. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I just got the stomach ache. Of course, I see nothing wrong with what I'm proposing. It's no big deal. I just, I need to pull my knees up because I've got shit to do. I want to do all the things. So I get it pierced with my knees up on the side and I head home. And it's only when my oldest daughter points out on Tuesday evening that I'm walking around hunched over and she yells at me, mom, go to the freaking doctor. Finally, I stop and actually consider it. Then I was like, let's just have dinner. So we have dinner. My 12-year-old afterwards asks me to lay on the couch. She says, I want to see something. So I do it. And then she pushes on the right side of my abdomen. I know what she's doing. She is checking for rebound tenderness, the mark of appendicitis. It's when you push into the abdomen and when you release it, the pain is worse than when you push down. Now, I want to paint a picture for you so you can appreciate the ridiculous of the situation. So I know what she's checking for because I taught her about this. I was an EMT for years. I worked in the medical field for years. I saw lots of people with rebound tenderness, but I blow it off. My husband, who is also a nurse in this field, and he's standing there, and I was like, well, that's interesting. And he kind of cocks his head. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. Still not alarmed at this. So I say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check urgent care. It's already closed. All right, I'll, uh, I'll schedule an appointment for tomorrow morning. All right. So I schedule it for Wednesday morning. Call my sister, ask her to take the girls to school in the morning, and I go to bed. That night I have the worst night's sleep. I'm writhing around, acting a fool because I didn't want to go to the hospital. The evidence was overwhelming. And yet I waited. I waited until Wednesday morning, at which time we drove to the urgent care. They looked at me and said, get in the damn car and drive straight to the ER. I walk in, they take me right back. I'm used to, you know, I've worked in like that hospital. I've worked in all the hospitals in town. And I'm used to the triage nurse primarily being the only person in there. Like the, you know, you check into the ER, they pull you back, they take your temperature, vitals, things like that. But when I walk into the triage room, there is a lot of people in that room, um, including the doctor. When did the pain start? Well, I woke up Monday morning with it. It is now Wednesday. I tell them, I think I may have pulled a muscle with the wall ball. <laughs> the doctor is having none of it, says, um, actually, we need to uh, rule out life-threatening issues before we consider a pulled muscle. And the way you're guarding your abdomen tells me something else is going on. But it is only when the doctor uses the word life-threatening that I finally snap out of my stupor. Oh, shit. This is serious. Then things start to move really fast in the, in the room because, because I waited too long to come to the hospital because I didn't want to get help. I didn't want to be inconvenienced. I, maybe I didn't want to inconvenience others. I just, I was focused on what I needed to get done and was ignoring all the signs. Before I knew it, I was in the back getting morphine and they were calling the surgeon in. I give my husband, my integrator and my assistant's phone number so we can call them both, cancel all my meetings for today and for the rest of the week. I call my sister and my parents. This is going fast. Make arrangements for the girls. The surgeon lets me know I waited too long to come in. So I'm sitting there reflecting. Honestly, I felt like an idiot. Embarrassed. I should have known better. I don't even have ignorance to blame. Just me. I literally had on my phone the Mayo Clinic signs and symptoms of appendicitis. But I didn't want it to be true. 
So I pushed past it. Here's the key part to this, right? This isn't just me not going to the hospital when I clearly had appendicitis for several days. Here's the key part. Number one, information did not help me make the right decision. I had all the information. I'd seen appendicitis tons of times. I knew about rebound tenderness. I literally had signs and symptoms pulled up on my phone. It was my first, my first like internet browser on my phone while I was sitting in the ER. And I pulled it up more than 24 hours before. So information, an abundance of information did not help me make the right decision. Number two, evidence did not help me make the right decision. There was evidence everywhere that I was clearly having appendicitis. When my daughter checked me for rebound tenderness the day before, I still didn't go. So evidence did not help me make the right decision. I was a damn fool because I was in my own way. And then I was sitting at the hospital feeling ridiculous for it. I had I had surgery. Then I had some complications. I couldn't keep my oxygen up, so I couldn't get released from the hospital. Turns out it looked like I, I may have gotten pneumonia. I just couldn't keep, um, couldn't keep my oxygen levels up. So mind you, just days before, I was at the gym training for a 10K that was coming up in a week. Now I'm sitting in a hospital bed trying to take deep breaths. Man, things can turn on a freaking dime. Several bags of antibiotics, and I start feeling better. I make another push to get out of the hospital, but my O2 is still a problem. After two days of, of pushing, they finally agree to release me only if I take oxygen to wear at night. The hospital's amazing. Like the staff was amazing. They load me up with the tanks, the tubings, and I'm ready to go home and work on my breathing. But I have this nagging feeling there's something important here for me to learn. Hey, Pivoter, I see you taking notes. I see you applying things into your business and life. Great work. But what if you could do it on a Zoom call with me? Well, here is your invite. I am hosting a free live event on Zoom where I get to know you, your challenges, and help you work through them as we accelerate your growth together. This is a free virtual event, and I'd love for you to join. Hop over to pivot-me.com backslash event and save your spot now. We'll keep these small. They will fill up. I'd love for you to be there. Again, it's pivot-me.com backslash event. We'll also put the link in the show notes and I'll see you there. A few days later, I follow up with my primary care doctor. She texts me out, reads the notes, and then she walks over and she touches my arm and says, April, you barely dodged a bullet with this one. I mean, really, this almost went very bad for you. I hope you realize it. Huh, what kind of stopped me? I said, thank you. Thank you for that perspective. Thank you for that reality check. I went and sat in the car and thought about what she said. I had spent a few days in the hospital and still my doctor was telling me, April, it was almost a lot worse for you. So why did I delay? Why, despite the overwhelming evidence that my appendix was about to burst, why did I not want to make it a big deal? Why couldn't I just ask for help, accept that I needed it, accepted the inconvenience? Why was it only when the ER doc told me I was having a life-threatening emergency? Only then did I accept the reality I was in. I was not facing all the facts, all the information, all the evidence. I was pushing it aside. I have historically been, let's say, an underreactor when it comes to stuff going wrong with me. I just do it with me, not with anybody else. And my sister does the same thing with her. 
not with her kids, not with her husband, but she does the same thing with her. And there, this is not a coincidence. I know where it came from, from for both of us. But how how come it hasn't changed? Like, what do I need to do to change that? Why do I struggle to ask for help, admit when something is wrong, face the facts about something like this? A while ago, I had written down a new mantra and I was using it for work. And this all ties in. I was using it for work because I was trying to change some some behaviors that I had. But it absolutely applies here and I will use it in all aspects of my life going forward. So are you ready for this mantra? Totally applies. This is one that I've been saying in the morning and applying it to work, but I should have applied it a week ago. Here's the mantra. Is this an opportunity to ask for help? And you got to appreciate this is counter to how I am wired. I am wired to do it myself. I've been conditioned for a very, since a very young age to approach situations like that. In some ways, it has served me. In others, it has handicapped me. When it became a real problem is when I, I leaned into the identity of like, well, I, I can just do things myself and I don't need to ask for help. Definitely my teenage years, that like cemented, but it continued after that. In fact, I used to say things like this to myself all the time. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Obviously, I had trust issues, but it didn't look like it on the surface because I made it all work, right? I I thought it was up to me and I would make these things work. And so people didn't necessarily appreciate that I wasn't asking for help on the back end. I reinforced this message over and over again to myself. I didn't need anyone to reinforce this negative message to me. I had the boot on my own neck. But my journey in my 40s required new messaging, going at it alone, not asking for help, not inconveniencing, not saying ouch when it hurts no longer serves me. In fact, it stopped serving me years ago, though I kept up the practice. I want you to think about this paradigm shift for a moment that I did, that I'm actively doing, that I consciously decided to lean uncomfortably into. My mantra is changing from, it's going, if it's going to be, it's up to me, to Are you ready for this? This is like the collaborative mantra. Is this an opportunity to ask for help? Over and over again, not just for work, but at home. I feel like if I would have had that mantra, if I would have been saying, hmm, it's a really bad stomach ache for a lot of time, several days, maybe it's an opportunity to ask for help. I would have handled it differently. And I'm a work in progress on this one. I still struggle depending on people. I have to remind myself to do it. I still want to just handle it on my own, not make a big deal out of things related to me. This is just me. Like, honestly, if I could have given myself an appendectomy, I probably would have done it earlier. And this is ridiculous. This is not a point of pride. This is ridiculous. And this is not the first time this life lesson has been presented to me. Oh no, I am slow on the uptake for this one. But I need to change this about myself. And I'm working on it. Because here's the truth. If anyone I loved had half of those symptoms, I would have drugged their butt to the hospital. No urgent care, no waiting for meetings to be done. So why don't those rules apply to me? Why didn't I show up for myself? Why wasn't I prepared to inconvenience in the same way that I would do for someone else I loved? I'm working on that. This is my active work, my own personal development journey. But in the meantime, I've tried to learn from this experience. And here is one way I'm doing that. So I hope, hope this serves you as well. If you happen to be someone that has a hard time asking for help, if you happen to be someone that struggles slowing down to address things like appendicitis, here's, what, here's where I landed. Okay, you ready? So the first one is this new mantra, right? When I'm faced with a tough decision, a hard conversation, a large project at work, a pain in my lower abdomen, whatever it is, 
I need to keep asking, is this an opportunity to ask for help? Over and over again, I need to be asking this. Why? Because my brain has been wired for the opposite. And I have reinforced a message to my brain that it's not that bad. I can handle it. Don't make a big deal. I can go a little longer. I've done worse. Like these are things that I've said to myself many, many times, and I'm working to rewire this. I live so much of my life like it's an endurance race. And that has served me to a point. But asking those questions over and over again, like, I have to be I have to be careful about that. I have to wire my brain to ask for help more. So that's the first thing I'm doing. Here's the second thing I'm doing. And the second thing I'm going to be doing differently. And this one stings a little, but it should. Because I can't always focus clearly on things when I'm in the frame. So I need to take me out of the frame. So instead, I'm going to be asking, what would I tell my daughters to do if they were me? That's hard. Would I want them walking around for days, hunched over, saying, meh, it's not that bad. Not going to the ER, risking their appendix bursting because they didn't want to slow down. Man, I hope not. But that is sure as hell what I modeled for them. And for that, I'm not proud. I want to do better than that. I want to model better than that. Look, if you are someone who waits a long time to ask for help, whether it's help in your business, uh, your health, your relationship. I get it. I do. But it's total bullocks. Like we got to change that. And you don't just hurt yourself when you're doing that because people are watching you. Maybe your kids. My kids watched me do that. My kids watched me be stubborn. My kids watched me walk around in pain, not taking care of myself. I wish I could change that now. But there is someone who's watching you. Maybe it's someone who feels like they need to do it the same way you did. What have you modeled? Truth is, there's no like longest suffering Academy Award. The Academy Award doesn't have the like, here you go. Here's your trophy. You've, she who endured so much. Like that's not a thing. It's a bad thing. I just got bedside oxygen and four weeks of lifting restrictions out of this. I'm grateful for that. But it could have been so much worse. And there is a lesson in here. Look, we already know you're a badass. I know you are. But ask for help in your life, your business, your marriage, your health, with your kids, all of it. We were not meant to go at it alone. And this is my work too. Like I'm locked arms with you and I am I'm working on this real time too. If you are someone who has struggled with this, share it with me. I'd like to know what you're doing to get to the other side of this. And by the way, if you do have like consistent pain in your abdomen, go to the freaking ER, not the urgent care. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.